Awesome. Worship was amazing. So thank you, worship team, for leading us into the presence of the Lord. Okay, so um, I'm going to give you a story real quick. One of the one, it's called the two twins. One of the boys was a depressed pessimist. The other was an incessant optimist. The parents were getting worried because each child's personality was becoming increasingly extreme. So just before Christmas, the father said, we need to do something to break them out of their molds. The parents decided to put dozens and dozens of shiny new toys in the pessimist room and fill the optimist room with piles of horse manure, hoping this would change their attitudes. The children went to their rooms for a couple of hours, and then the pessimist came out. Did you play with your new toys, the father asked eagerly. Nah, moaned the pessimist. I never opened the packages. I was afraid that if I touched them, they'd just break, and then I'd be disappointed. Then, that's when the optimist came bounding out of his room that had been filled with horse manure. He was all smiles. How come you're so happy, asked the dad. The little boy beamed and said, I just know that if I keep digging long enough, I'm going to find that pony. <laughs> anyway. It's just a funny story that I thought I would share with you. I got a kick out of it. So, um, Okay, so today we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics to teach on, which is sowing and reaping. Uh, we have been in the God and Money series for several weeks now, and uh, this is really just a subject that I love to talk about, to teach on, and to grow in even more. So, um, and I believe that this is an area that um, God has used me over the years to really advance his kingdom and speak in to many lives. So today, I just want you to take all, any barriers, any thoughts that are going on in your mind, any preconceived ideas of sowing and reaping or God and money, and I want you to set them aside, Okay. And I just want you to say, Lord, whatever you want today for to me to get out of this message, Lord, just let me hear it clearly. Amen? Um, many people have asked me over the years, um, how did you start? I'm a, I'm a multiple business owner, and so... Um, I love starting businesses. I love building systems. Uh, that's just kind of my wheelhouse. It's what I love to do. Um, and over the years, many people have said, how did you start so many businesses? And how do you juggle so many different things? And how have you been so successful at doing that? And I will tell you this. This is really, this really sums it up, Okay. Now, I don't have this on, a screen, on the screen, so if you're going to write it down, I'll repeat it twice. But it's all, from a, it, it's all from a place of recognizing who my provider is. 
who I serve, how I sow, where I sow, how well I listen and obey. So it's from a place of recognizing who my provider is, who I serve, who I serve, how I sow, where I sow, how well I listen and obey. I do not get all of those things right all of the time, okay? The listening and the obeying thing is really hard for me sometimes, just to be real honest with you. Um, I may hear, but I may not always obey immediately. Um, so I'm a little thick-headed in that area. Um, we have to know it's not ours. It's not ours. The success, the money, our home, our influence, our jobs, our children are not ours. They are from God. They are given from God and they are give, and we are to steward them, right? I am not controlling my kids, right? I am, God has given me three beautiful little girls that it is my responsibility to steward that gift and to help them grow up and learn the ways of God and be successful in life and serving the Lord. That's what they're here for. Money is the same thing. It's our jobs, they are the same thing. God has placed us there. Now, some days you may not feel like your job is, is of the Lord, right? There are some days I don't feel like my job is of the Lord. And I'm the business owner. And I'm like, what am I doing, right? But I have to stop and remember, nope, this is where the Lord put me. And I'm to steward that well. Um, so we have been given all of these things to care for. Now I want you to under, I want to make sure that we all understand right off, okay? I want to level the field that sowing and reaping isn't about giving so you can get in return. It's not about that. Um, that, is, that is something that we consistently, that we constantly have to remind ourselves. That why I sow isn't so that I can receive. Um, it is, we, when we give, hold on. So we, when we give to have leverage to demand something from God, we are missing the point. I was a pastor of a large church for um, many years, executive pastor, and it used to get like under my skin. You want to make me mad? Come to my office and demand that the church do something because you give your tithe. Whoa. Like there were a couple people that tried that, and it wasn't really a successful experience for them, and they let people know that it wasn't a successful experience for them. So I just stood up and cleared the playing field one day. And I was like, look, here's the deal. You don't give to the church so that you have a say in what happens at the church. Okay? 
You give because you give to God because that's what it says. And you give cheerfully. If you give because you want something in return, that isn't a cheerful giver, right? And so um, we, can't, we can't use that to leverage to demand things from God or the church or other people. Um, when we give to get in return, we are saying, God, I am the master and you are the servant. And it should be the other way around. God, I am the servant and you are the master. Um, if this is your first time to hear me, I'm sorry. I didn't preface. Buckle up. <laughs> um, my business partner in the pest control company, at 7.30 on Friday night when we were finishing up a job, he said, I think you should get a giant tattoo that, said, that has, a, that has a, a buckle that says, buckle up, because it is your life motto. <laughs> like everything that crazy that comes out of what we do, I always just come back to buckle up. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, buckle up, okay. Um, we have to switch the mentality that our Father loves us and is eager to help us, right? He's the master, we're the servant. He's the father, we're the child. I love, I want the very best for my kids. And if you have kids, you know that. Like, it, it brings me to tears to watch my children worship because it brings me so much joy as a father to see them doing that. And that's the way our Heavenly Father is. He loves it when we listen, when we obey, when we get this sowing and reaping thing down, when, we, when we're in partnership with Him. Uh, now, I want to take a few minutes to talk about the seed. So they're sowing and reaping, right? The seed, we got to have something to sow, right? How many of you have sowed a seed before, like physically, like a plant seed? So you know that it is incredibly, like it can be incredibly challenging, right? You can't just take that seed and throw it in some dirt and hope it does something. It is a process, right? So um, one of the first companies that I started was a lawn and landscaping company. And I started it at 14 years old, and my dad, I, I asked my dad if I could use his lawnmower, because I wanted to start a business. And I think he had the heaviest lawnmower in the, on the planet. Like, it was all steel, it was like all metal, it had the giant bag, like I think it's the biggest bag you could bag with, and it was not self-propelled. I had to push it, and we lived on a hill. So I, one time I let it go downhill just to see what would happen. Did not end well for me, okay? Um, and so I started knocking doors, and I started asking all of my neighbors if I could mow their yard. And before long, I began to mow the block, and I had the whole street, and, uh, and I'd started branching over into other streets, and 
Um, could not drive, obviously, so I pushed this lawnmower with a weed eater and a blower and an and a, and a, uh, extension cord all piled on top of the lawnmower, and here we went, okay? Um, and within a year, that business had exploded. Um, and so I decided I was going to, in one year, I had hired five, I had five crews running, okay? I could not drive, so I had to pay somebody to drive me because I couldn't drive a vehicle at that point. So we figured all this logistics out, and, we, and, and uh, I got an opportunity to bid on OCCC. Now, they did not want me to take care of the property. They wanted me to plant fescue, which is shade grass, under all of their trees. Now, it was not, back then, it was not the size that it is today, okay? It was a much smaller campus. It was still big, but it was um, not as big as it was. So, I got this crazy idea that at 15, I was going to bid this job. So, I did all of this planning and prepping and pricing and figuring out how you lay fescue grass and, and all this stuff. So, I, I worked on it. I placed the bid, and I was like, yeah, this is a joke. I didn't tell them how old I was. Left that detail out. I had proper insurance. That's all they needed. That's all they cared about. And so um, I won the bid. And I was like, oh, what am I going to do now? Like, I've, so I, I won the bid. So I gather all my guys and I'm like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go and plant some fescue. And one of the guys was pretty experienced in lawn. He's like, did you buy like rolls of fescue? I was like, no, we're going to seed this thing. Like we're going to go buy some, like I could cut my cost by a third by seeding under, you know, buying topsoil, seeding it, raking it in and watering it. Okay. So we did that. We spent a week doing this. Okay. It was amazing. We got it all done. We invoiced and about a week and a half after that, I had a friend that actually attended OCCC, and he called me, and he said, hey, Brandon, did, did you just do that uh, shade grass under all of the trees at the college? And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm like, yeah, I did, you know. And he's like, well, there's a lot of birds under all of the trees all over the campus. We are trying to figure out, and he's like, all I did was pulled up, and I was like, uh-oh, this doesn't look good. He's like, hundreds of birds. I was like, I'm on my way. So, I'm like, what happened? And then, so I called a mentor of mine in the landscaping company, you know, in, in landscape, and I was like, hey, what did I do? He's like, did you not net it? Like, how did you protect the seed from the birds? I was like, I, I didn't. I just planted it, raked it in, watered it, and we moved on. He's like, well, you're going to reseed that whole job. And this time you need to put protection over the seed. Because the birds will eat the seed before it germinates and you won't have any fescue grass. That was an interesting experience. So we went back. And reseeded again and, and completed the job the right way. Um, you see, so sowing seed is a process that has to be nurtured. 
I should have nurtured that seed. I should have protected that seed from things that could get to it. I, I should have made sure that I planted that seed deep enough that it could be protected and germinate, but not too deep that it could not get sunlight, right? So this whole seed process, uh, it, takes, it takes a lot of time and energy. Um, you have to nurture it. You have to protect it. Uh, Matthew 13, 1 and 3 is the parable of the sower. And it says, The same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake, such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, Our farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. I should have read that scripture before I went to plant that seed. Anyway, just a random thought that I had last night. Some fell on rocky places while, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly became the so- because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched. And they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell along thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop. A hundred, sixty, or thirty times that, what, that times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let him hear. The disciples came back to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even when they have will be taken what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. You see, what he is talking about here is that if we don't understand how to sow the plant seed and tend the soil the soil your heart right that's what we're using for the analogy here like god designed us to do we will reap crop failure so first off we've got to get this seed we've got to nurture this seed we've got to plant this seed in our heart the seed is that god put us here to advance the kingdom of god that the sowing and reaping process The whole purpose in it is to advance the kingdom of God, right? That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to advance advance the kingdom of God. And so this seed has to be germinated. It has to be tended to. It has to be taken care of. And you have to have consistent moments with this seed. Once we have the kingdom mindset planted deep in our hearts, then... We see crop growth that blows everyone's mind. People will ask you, why are you so successful in this? Why are you so happy? Why are you so cheerful? Why are you so generous? Because you sow and you reap. You get the understanding of what God meant for that to be like. People start asking you how, start asking me, how did I grow a business so fast? How have you had so much success so fast? 
Now, what just happened? I advanced the kingdom of God because now I have an opportunity. I have a platform to share. This is how I did it. I put my trust in God. I sow good seed in good soil. I fertilize my soil. I tend to my soil. I take care of my soil. Um, now, this is a constant journey. You have to watch seasons, right? So we all go through those crazy seasons in life where things aren't going to be very pleasant. And we can allow those seeds to, to not become good. Um, you have to uh, you have to watch for erosion. You have to make sure the soil doesn't get too thin so the enemy doesn't swoop down and snatch the seed. You have to watch for pests that try to pop up in your crop. Okay? You get what I'm, you get what I'm saying here? You get what I'm going with that? Um, the seeds you planted in your heart correctly, they reap a harvest that is just huge. Galatians 6, 7 through 10 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whoever, for whatever one sows, that he, will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows from the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have the opportunity, let us do, every, do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. We sow in lots of ways, including how we give and who we are giving to. We also sow greed when we try to get more and more. We sow jealousy when we start comparing ourselves to others. Just check your seed and intentions and make sure that it is still rooted in advancing God's kingdom. The second part I want to talk to you about today is how to expand the sowing and reaping concept in your life. Um, 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 7 says, The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. He wants us to, to give um, cheerfully in everything we do. Uh, I've been asked, how did you expand so quickly? And this is the best analogy. I brought a couple of things to props. This is the best analogy that I can give you. I always tell people, because I'm a conduit that God uses to advance the kingdom. When you have that concept that you were really placed here as a conduit for God to use you in mighty ways, some crazy things can happen. See, this is the conduit. This is, this is the place where you say, I'm going to give cheerfully. I'm going to begin to give more. I'm not going to do it grudgingly. I'm not going to stress about whether I can afford to do that or not. I'm not going, I'm going to give of my time, of my resources, of my talents. This is what I'm going to do. 
Then God says, pretend there's a valve here, okay. God says, okay, you want to you wanna, you wanna advance the kingdom? You want to, to uh, give cheerfully? I'm going to turn up the water. And now he begins to flow through you. This is you, right? The conduit. You, you're allowing him to flow. Now God's valve, so to say, is much larger than any of us can ever imagine, right? But this is what we're given because this is what we can steward at that moment. Now, when you start doing that, when you start sowing and reaping and you start giving freely and you don't do it with a grudging heart, then he can turn up that valve. Now, there's only so much that can flow through this conduit. And when the Lord says, okay, I've trusted you with this. Now, I'm going to increase your conduit. I'm going to give you a bigger conduit to flow through. So he turns that valve up again. And now you're going along life and you're helping people and you're, you're, you're advancing the kingdom of God. Now that conduit, now he can just use you more. And before long, God says, oh, now, now we can make some kingdom impact. Let me turn, let me give you a bigger conduit to work with. You see, sometimes we'll say, well, I just don't know how that person's so anointed to do so much in their life. Or I don't know how that person got that promotion. Or you see, that's the comparing thing. And sometimes when we start comparing, he says, wait a minute. Maybe we weren't ready for this. Maybe we need to go back a step. You see, there have been many times in my life when success began to happen and I forgot why I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. I lost track of the reason why God asked me to do that. So God says, I brought you here, but I really think I might need to bring you back here a little bit. You see, that's the loving father, right? He loves us unconditionally. And that doesn't feel so great, right, for to go backwards, but sometimes that's necessary. God wants to use you in mighty ways. But if you will look at your life and say, I'm a conduit, watch what happens when you begin to do that, when you begin to allow him to use you in some big ways. You have to be ready for God to open the valve, but it's going to take sowing the seed correctly, sowing a lot of seed, and deciding it's not about my success, it's about advancing the kingdom. This last week, I went, I got a call from the office and said, um, there's an 82-year-old man that has called into the office, and he has, um, one of the companies I own, it's a pest control company, and he says he has fleas in his house, and they're eating him alive. Um, and his sister was also on the phone, and she said, um, and he's a junker. That was her response. <laughs> he's got a lot of clutter. Um, she was not ashamed to, to spill that out like, just like that. So 
They wanted us to come and give them a quote to get rid of the fleas and to declutter their home. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm in the pest control business. I'm not in the junk removal business. That's what just went through my head at the moment. I'm sure the Lord turned my valve down a little bit at that moment. Um, and so I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll go look at it. So I go over there, go into the gentleman's home. It is quite full of stuff. Um, and he's like, I've got these fleas everywhere. And I was like, well, when do you get bit? And he's like, well, I get bit at night. And I'm like, mm, let's go look, take me to your bedroom. So we go into the bedroom, and I'm like, Where, where's your mattress? And he's like, oh, I threw it outside. And I was like, oh, okay, you probably don't have fleas. You probably have bed bugs. So I start examining the house. Sure enough, there is bed bugs there. So I explained to him, these aren't fleas, these are bed bugs, they're eating you at night, yada, yada, yada. So we went through the whole spill. Um, I gave them a bid uh, to remove the clutter and to remediate and exterminate the bed bugs. And so I walked away. They called the office before I got back and said, um, "You, we want to do it. So I went ahead and signed us all up, because that's what I like to do, buckle up. So signed us up, we um, remediated it on Friday. Ten-hour day, five people, and a fast Chick-fil-A lunch is about all we got that day, okay? Uh, a full roll-off, so those giant dumpsters full, okay? And it was in like a 900-square-foot home. So pretty small. So that kind of gives you the, and my team is looking at me like, what did you sign us up for? And I'm like, you haven't figured this out yet? Like, you work for an interesting dude. And so, um, and they're like, well, tell us the full scope of this. I said, let's just get the clutter out of here first. And then I'll tell you. Well, then at the end, during that process, I was like, we need to clean this guy's home. And they're like, are you kidding me? Like, what did we do? We, now, we went from a junk removal to a housekeeping company to a pest control. I was like, that's what we're going to do. So I split the team up. We're going to go clean. We're going to, like, we're going to clean this house. So we cleaned the home. We even did his laundry. We washed all the clothing that we pulled out because in a bed bug situation, you're supposed to heat everything up, bag it, yada, yada, yada. So we did all of that for him. Um, and it took us all day. We walked away and we were all tired. And that next day, which was yesterday, um, I get a text from his sister. And I'm like, oh, this is either going to be really good or really bad. Because <laughs> we just threw half his house away. <laughs> and, so, and he told us what we could keep. So what he wanted to keep. So we got rid of everything else. And she said, my... My brother, that's her brother, my brother is ecstatic. She said he, doesn't, he did not realize that his home had any hope of ever being remediated. He didn't know that he even had grout lines on his tile. It was that bad. And she said he hasn't seen any roaches since you left. No. No, you didn't because we killed them all. They were chasing us out of the house. <laughs> 
And so, I mean, we opened one drawer and a mouse jumped out at one of my employees, just so you know. <laughs> That's when you doubt your life choices at that moment. <laughs> Lord, did you really call me to do this? And so um, she said, I don't know if you're a Christian, but I'm going to tell you that you blessed my family, and I'm praying blessings over you and your business. Now, I took a moment there, and I realized why I do what I do. Because I realized that I made a kingdom impact in that guy's life. But it would have been easy. I can tell you story after story in extermination. You can ask Grant. He's heard some wild ones. But some days you just wonder, God, what are you doing here in this situation? And God put me there. To be an impact. Did I make money on that job? Yes, I did. Did I sow good seed in that situation? Yes, I did. Did I reap a harvest in that situation? Yes, I did. God will bless you if you will sow good seed and you will reap. And you will do what he's asked us to do as his kids. Which is advance the kingdom of God. Each and every time. And you may say, Brandon, I don't get those opportunities as often. Like, I didn't have that opportunity. Each and every one of us have an influence in our areas, whatever it is. If you're at work, you have an influence to sow good seed. I understand this is about money. Okay? But it's a principle that works with money. It's a principle that works in every area of our life. And if we will learn that, if we will just simply get that, that God has given me a great job so that I can be a conduit to bless other people. That may be financially. That may be, that, that may be many different ways. We all have an influence and that's what God meant when he was saying, so, when he was giving the principle of sowing and reaping, right? So I want to encourage you to sow good soil, sow good seed in good soil, give, don't be, don't, don't give cheerfully. When I was younger, I used to not give cheerfully. I'll be honest with you. Tithing was a really hard thing for me to do, Okay. And I know that this is not what I was necessarily asked to do here. But tithing was an incredibly difficult thing for me growing up. My parents were tithers, but I somehow just could not get that. Like, it was really challenging. Do I pay this bill or do I give to God? And when I began to, and even when I started tithing, it was my attitude was, mm, can I really afford to do this? But when I, and I heard a message one time from a guy that he said, just open your palm and give and let God use you to give to, to advance his kingdom. 
And when I started doing that, when I started realizing I don't give, it's all God's, right? Every bit of what we have is God's. So what am I trying to manage it for? What am I trying to do with it? Just let him, just do what his word says and let him work through you and steward what he's given you, not hold on to it like a tightwad, okay? Uh, But give freely. Man, God can, this is what's going to happen to you over time. You're going to have this giant conduit and you're going to be making huge impact in the kingdom of God because you took the time to be obedient. I could have walked away from that job last week and not thought twice about it and not ever had any complaints. My team sure as heck wouldn't have cared because they were all looking at me like you're crazy. But I didn't. And I'm glad I didn't. Did I have a moment where I thought I probably should? Yeah. Yeah. When we are backed up and people are working 55 to 60 hours a week and then I throw a, a hoarding job in with bed bugs and roaches and mice... They were all looking at me like, you're crazy. And I was like, look, we're going to do this because we're going to make an impact. That's how God can use you to advance his kingdom, right? So when we, as we close, um, I just want you to close your eyes. And I'm going to give you just a couple of things I want you to examine your heart and, and think about here. Um, I want to ask you a few questions. Am I tending to my seed? I want you to ask that question. Am I tending to the seed that I've been given? Am I sowing it with a kingdom mindset? Am I allowing God to open the valve on my conduit? And expand my conduit. And am I sowing bountifully? Lord, today, I just ask for a realignment of our hearts. That we all get out of alignment sometimes. And I ask you just to forgive us uh, for any bad seeds that we have sown or that we're currently sowing. And I ask for a realignment and a shifting in our church body so that we walk with a kingdom mindset. That every decision that we make, we walk it out with what does this line up with what God's asking called me to do? Am I letting God use me? Am I sowing well? Am I reaping well? Am I doing that as a cheerful person? Lord, we thank you for an opportunity today to realign. And we know, Father, that you are a good, good Father. And that you want the best for us. And we thank you for that. We thank you for the opportunity to realign. Father, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so...
thank you for being here today. Um, I know that was a quick, fast um, message, but well, thank you for being here today. I just pray that you guys all have an amazing week. Uh, just remember why you are here. God bless you. Thank you.